Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Right, let's pray. Good morning, everyone. That comes first, then we pray. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Father, um, these words of yours are very timely as we look out at your world. We gather each week to hear your word and to think through your word because we want to become more like you, Jesus. That is our call from you. And so we pray by your Holy Spirit. Come and do heart surgery in us this morning, Lord. These words of yours are challenging and we can't do it on our own. So help us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. So as uh, the screen suggests, we're going to have a look at these words in Matthew 5 this morning as we continue our series in the kingdom life. And we're going to think about what it means to love as God loves. And um, it's not always that easy, is it? It's easy to say it, much harder to do it. And I think, particularly, I often think much easier to love a stranger or someone who we don't know so well, much harder to love people who are very close to us. I don't know if that's your experience as well. Um, I was thinking the other day about my first day at university, many, many moons ago, and uh, I moved into a house that I was sharing with seven other people, and I didn't know any of them. And I had a sort of idea of who I'd be okay to live with and who I'd be a bit more concerned living with. And I remember looking out the window um, after having been there for about an hour, and this car drove up with the music absolutely thumping. And I looked out, and this guy got out of the car, and he had long black hair, um, a tight black T-shirt with some heavy metal emblem on it, black jeans, and he then got his guitars, and in the plural, out of the car, and then his friend helped him pull out these enormous speakers that stood about this high, and he brought them into the house, and I have never seen a speaker like it, apart from perhaps Wembley Stadium, and I remember looking out and thinking, oh no, this is going to be trouble. <laughs> and this was my introduction to my new rock and roll housemate, Steve-O, who I lived with for two years, who played heavy metal music at a volume that would punish my eardrums. And uh, during those two years, I absolutely grew to hate heavy metal music. <laughs> this uh, image, I think, uh, describes quite well what we see in the world, and I realise what I see in myself. Love and hate alongside one another. Good and evil alongside each other. And compassion and greed alongside each other. And as we look out at the world today, to Ukraine and the darkness of what is going on in that nation, 
we also see little glimmers of light. I was thinking about Poland and the fact that this nation of Poland still lives with the scars of everything it went through during World War II. And it's that in part that has led this nation to raise the bar and to open its heart and to open its doors literally and to welcome in what I think is now about two million Ukrainian refugees. It's an amazing example of love and generosity and welcome. And Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount speaks into this polarization of love and hate. Because God's people had many, many enemies back in first century Palestine. The land, as you know, was occupied by a mighty army. This army was part of a, a world superpower. They had no regard for human life. And they used persecution, threats, and murder as a way of controlling and oppressing the people in the lands that they invaded. And that sounds quite familiar, doesn't it, as we look out at the world today. Of course, it wasn't the Russian army back then, it was the Roman army, but the same heart was there of greed and pride, of fear, of control, of hate and of evil. And so Jesus is speaking directly into this context as we read these words in the Sermon on the Mount. And he's telling this crowd in front of him and us as well how we are to raise the bar in our lives in terms of the way that we interact with people around us, the way we think and the way that we go about our lives. So have a look at the, the passage of scripture that we just heard read. You can see in verse 42, um, Jesus says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now every good Jewish believer would know well the first half of that sentence that Jesus says. The commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, taken from the book of Leviticus. But the second half of that sentence, hate your enemy, is not from Scripture. It was just a twisted, distorted reaction. A human, sinful reaction to the way that we interact with those around us that we do not like. And so Jesus knew well the human heart. He knows our hearts. He knows the situations we find ourselves in and our reactions to what is going on around us. And it's into this situation that we then hear this most shocking, radical, demanding teaching of Jesus, the very mark of what it means for you and me to be a child of God. You have heard it said, says Jesus, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. Israel were God's chosen people. They had a purpose in the same way that you and I are standing on this earth or sitting with a purpose. 
And that is to be a light for God, to reflect God's light into this world. And that's why Jesus says in verse 14 of chapter 5, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. And this is, if you like, the banner, the header over the whole of the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine for Jesus. And as he goes through the Sermon on the Mount, we then read about how we are to be a light in this world. So if you have a look at verse 38, Jesus has been through a a series of teaching as he speaks to the crowd. And he says, love as God loves. Turn the other cheek. Don't hit back. Stop the cycle of hatred and violence. He goes on to say, if someone sues you, don't just give them your shirt, give them your coat as well. In other words, raise the bar. If you're ordered to go one mile, go two miles. And the climax of his teaching of what it means to live a kingdom life is to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. So what might this look like? What tangibly is God asking you and me to? There's an Australian artist called Salt and Gold. And this artist is going viral on social media at the moment. And she's done a series of drawings of pictures, images, called the Foot Washing Series. And the first one looks like this. It's of a Ukrainian mother and child having their feet washed by Jesus. Jesus, you might not be able to see this, has tears in his eyes. And it's an image that we can all relate to as we are filled with compassion and sadness as we look at what is happening in the nation of Ukraine. Jesus weeps with those who weep. But the next image is more shocking. The next image is in fact what Jesus is calling you and me to here in the Sermon on the Mount. It raises the bar. The next image is of Jesus again with tears in his eyes, washing the feet of Vladimir Putin. Now this image may well make us feel uncomfortable. Probably like me, it may take you a while to look at this image and think, What do I really, honestly, before God, think about this image? But this is the message of Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. This is what it looks like to love as God loves. And if we find this image too disturbing or upsetting, we need to take a longer look at our Saviour Jesus. Because the Sermon on the Mount is in fact a blueprint for Jesus' life. 
Jesus is not giving us good advice here in the Sermon on the Mount. This isn't self-help. He is pointing to the good news, to his own life and death and resurrection. The Sermon on the Mount describes the very life that Jesus lived. And when Jesus was spat at and hit and mocked, he didn't respond. When they nailed Jesus to the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus loved his enemies. And he prayed for those who persecuted him. And he still does today for us as well. Romans chapter 5 says this. Verse 8. God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? If we want to understand these radical, life-changing words of Jesus in this Sermon on the Mount, we need to take a long, hard look at the cross to see again God's love For the whole world, so great that he gave his one and only son, that all those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Because the truth is God loves unconditionally and selflessly. In verse 45 of our passage, we read, Jesus says, The sun rises on the evil and the good. God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, everybody is worthy of God's grace. Everyone is created by God and Jesus died for every single person, past, present and future. God so loves this world. God's response to evil And to sin is justice. He brings justice. He brings reconciliation between all of us in Christ. Back to our Father in heaven as we trust in him. His response to evil and sin is one day Jesus will come again and bring judgment. God hates sin. But he loves sinners. And he longs for everybody to turn to him in repentance and faith. And so Jesus says in verse 46, don't just love those who love you. Anyone can do that. That is not loving as God loves. Instead, raise the bar and live as Jesus lived. Love your enemies. Love those who really annoy you. And I want you to think now about those people who really annoy you. It might be me standing here. Who really annoys you? Who has upset you recently? Who are your enemies? Who is God calling you and me to love like this in our lives? It doesn't mean that we approve of what our enemies do. 
but it means that we love them in spite of it. We choose to live like Jesus and to love them as God loves them. And we choose to pray for those that we struggle with, that they would find reconciliation with God. A couple of you have asked me, what what do we do at the moment? How do we pray for Putin? I think the answer is we pray for him to encounter the living Jesus. I think the answer is we pray for God to reveal himself to that man, that Vladimir Putin, like Saul, would fall flat on his face in the presence of God Almighty and repent and turn to Jesus in faith. And as we step into this way of living, as we live more like Jesus, we enter into what Jesus calls us to in verse 48. Now the NIV translation says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I've always struggled with those words because I know myself. I am a long way from being perfect. But I've been really digging into these words in the last couple of weeks and reminded that the translation comes from a Greek word, teleos. And actually, Jesus spoke Aramaic. And I found a translation that I think gets more to the heart of what Jesus is trying to say to you and me. And it's this. Set no bounds to your love, just as your heavenly Father sets none to his. Set no bounds to your love, no limits, no barriers to your love, just as there are no limits and barriers to God's love for all people. This is the journey of discipleship we're on, and these words, and I'm going to close with this, of 2 Corinthians, help us. If you're like me and you're looking at these words and you're just thinking, help, help God, how do we do this? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We can't do this on our own. You know, we're not to live under this burden of thinking, I can't meet the standard that Jesus is setting here. Because the truth is, we cannot. But as we surrender ourselves to the Lord, as we trust in him and obey, the Spirit of God works in us, transforms us. We are then able to love in ways that go beyond ourselves and in a way that the world around us will look to you and me and say, how can those people love like that? And in doing so, we radiate the light of Christ to this world. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So let's pray now before we return to worship God. And I just want to give you a moment of silence And this is our opportunity, silently before God, to bring to him those people that we are struggling with. The people who've hurt us, the people who we might call our enemies. And I want to encourage us to pray in two ways. One, to ask God 
that we would see them as he sees them. And then to ask God that he would help us to love them.